Sounds good. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Talking it up. <laughs> what was that? No, it's, it's that SNL yeah. bit where they pretend to be the Bee Gees. Yeah. Oh. Oh my God! It's like Justin Timberlake and Fat. Yeah, the American I can see it talk now. show. <laughs> oh dear. It's so good. Welcome to another episode of Pajiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. I'm Pajiba contributor Dan Hamamura, and with me, as always, are deputy editor Tori Preston. Hello. And Pajiba Viceroy Dustin Rolls. <laughs> Viceroy. Yeah. Uh, You're in charge, you. <laughs> but you've been put in charge by a larger, shadowy organization and/or religion. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to waste everyone's time with a with a. Precap of what we're talking about. What, what's everybody drinking? I'm drinking uh, 805, which I found in my fridge, and I don't know how long it's been there, but it's probably pretty old. <laughs> it's like, it's a podcast time. What's in my fridge? <laughs> Look, it's cold, and it's beer. So you, know, you got to so go on like the weekend, and you look around, and you plan for the podcast. You're like, what am I going to have for the podcast this week? Right, but I don't know anything yeah, this... about beer. I'm just going to end up drinking... It's not Randomly. about that. It's either you pick a good beer that you like, or you pick a beer that's interesting to talk about on the podcast. Exactly. Well, this For beer inst- is interesting in that I don't know how long it's been in my fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Do you Fair know? Enough. Did you buy it yourself? Is it something that materialized? I at never. I, I never would have purchased this beer, so it must have been someone brought it over. And I'm trying to think of the last time I had visitors, and I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know when this beer uh, happened yeah. to you. It's not the freshest like... beer, so it's been a while. <laughs> I feel like we just got a really interesting glimpse into your life. Yeah, I, I, I am a, I am a hermit. Dan is the uh, visitor. Nobody, nobody comes in, but that's how I get so much TV watching done. He's like Richard Jenkins until like a little kid comes over to your house and changes your life. Aww, Baby Yoda. Uh, (laughs) Tori, what about you? I am having a bourbon whiskey, but because I'm from Vermont, I bought the one that comes with Vermont maple syrup in it. Oh my God, I had the bourbon syrup over the weekend in Vermont. Oh, where it's like aged in the bourbon barrels? What I don't know. It was like bourbon maple syrup, and it was like amazing. So this is like that, only it's maple syrup flavored bourbon. bourbon. Well, not flavored. It just has a bit in it. It's like smooth and sweet, and I'm a cliche. Uh, <laughs> uh, is it but good? it's definitely bourbon. Yeah, it's delicious. Um, it's called. It's and it's. I think it's a local. It's a Vermont thing. But it, <laughs> the name of it is. It's just number fourteen. That's the brand. That's all you need, man. Yeah, man. All right. Bourbon and maple syrup, number fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> I am drinking a vintage 2017 bottle of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon called Simply Josh. <laughs> Simply Josh? I, no, Josh. it's just Josh. Just Josh. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I don't Josh. know if that's better. He was embellishing. He was embellishing. Josh. I've seen those bottles, and can you Josh imagine wine. being... 
<laughs> like, is that their last name? Is that, did they just really, like, the founder was named Josh, and they were like, that's it? That's that's the <laughs> what vineyard What a great name. name. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> like, I'm going to put out a wine, and it's just going to be Zach Layman. <laughs> Trevor. <laughs> Josh. Yes. Does it does it live up to the quality? Oh yes, of the it name? tastes very Joshy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're dealing with that. <laughs> <laughs> that gargle some Josh, uh, Josh a little later. <laughs> oh, that sounds. Well, on uh, that note. Well, you know, you're gonna drink the whole thing anyway, so maybe it doesn't. Yes, matter. I am. I'm already almost there. Jesus. Oh my God! <laughs> well, we talked a little while beforehand. Uh, yeah, and you knew you didn't have to do your Riverdale update this week. That's right. So you were like no Riverdale this free. week because apparently they they took off for Thanksgiving, whatever that means. Which um, honestly doesn't seem like it should hinder him because I'm pretty sure he makes up the recaps fully. Right. Anyway. So Dustin, what did they do? I could I could tell episode? you, and you wouldn't. <laughs> Know any different, would you? We wouldn't know any <laughs> <Exactly>. different. <laughs> I think the I assume that's what you do anyway. Uncle Festus floated on down the river this week. <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, mm. But we'll 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 come back to, to Riverdale in a bit, uh, uh, or next time, obviously. Uh, but uh, Tori, you wanted to talk about the nine one one finale. Oh, yeah. So 911 just aired because mm-hmm. uh, we're recording this on Monday. Mm-hmm. So I just sat through the 911 mid season finale, which, as they are wont to do, <laughs> you never it s- was quote unquote sit through something you enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was lackluster. And it was, and the sad thing was, it was their holiday. So I love oh, their no. themed episodes. And so this was, it was like the Christmas episode. So usually th- that's a great theme. But unfortunately, they've been doing this weird thing this season where they keep injecting a lot of character drama that goes nowhere. And it it's so both like none of it lasts long enough for you to be invested in, but it also takes attention away from the crazy emergencies. So there were a couple of crazy emergencies, like a chick turned blue because she took she, she ate too much tooth gel. It happens. <laughs> what? I, yeah, it happens. She turned blue. She turned into a Smurf. (laughs) She turned into Dr. Manhattan, basically. Um, It was, it had something to do with, I don't know, medical things. I'm sure it's real. Uh, Another dude got sucked into the propellers of an, like an airplane engine, but survived. Uh, What? Yeah. You don't, that doesn't happen. Well, no. So here's the whole thing, because it was the theme episode. This family is going to the airport and they're going to Hawaii. And this guy has got his new Christmas present, which are these golf clubs. He's very excited about them. And he's really pissed off when the the lady tells him that TSA won't allow them to be carry on. He has to check it as luggage. So he's all upset. (laughs) So then cut to the bag handlers. And one of them is all like, be nice to the bags because there are Christmas presents in them. And the other one is like, no, we got to do this fast. And just like slamming things into the baggage cart. And he takes the bag with the golf clubs and he there's no room for it. So he jams it up front where the driver sits, but it hits the gas pedal. So then the 
the baggage truck takes off and goes crazy all over the tarmac and hits a dude and starts spinning around in circles, throwing baggage everywhere. And then the nice baggage handler hops in another cart and drives out and, and basically just runs into the mayhem cart to stop it. And he gets out and everyone's cheering for him because he just like, I don't know, saved the holiday, I guess. And as he's cheering, the pilot fires up the plane and the bunch of baggage gets sucked in and then he gets sucked in. But the twist is that the precious golf clubs, golf clubs got sucked in first and stopped the blades. So when he got sucked in, he didn't get crumbled up into bits. Um, so like things like that happened, but the real problem is <laughs> so, like the, but like, when those are the least, like they just didn't get enough attention. Meanwhile, all the characters are dealing with stuff. So the big cliffhanger from last episode was that Bobby was exposed to a bunch of radiation. This is the pre- Peter Krause character and he might. And so they're waiting to see if he's going to have cancer. And it was very much like, you know, you knew there was going to be this twist, right? Like, he's probably, everything's looking fine, but at the last minute he's going to get it. And at one point, his nose starts bleeding and everyone's waiting to find out what happens with the tests. He's fine. Athena's ex-husband, Rockman Dunbar, is the one who's got a brain tumor. So I'm a rough one, too. Yeah. Meanwhile, he also is not having a good episode, so he... He, like, walks through... He gets dizzy at the mall and just walks through a plate glass window. He has brain cancer, Tori. Well, yeah, but, like, (laughs) can a person physically walk through the front of a mall? Like, you see cars doing that, but just, like, a dizzy guy? (laughs) It was a little... If you you fall at the right speed, probably. I guess. Yeah, so anyway, so Bobby's fine. All of this, that entire thing with the radiation and does he have cancer, none of that plays out. It was all, the twist is, it's the ex-husband. And a bunch of stuff like that happened. They had this whole thing where, like, Maddie is still trying to uh, process the fact that she killed her ex-husband, justifiably. Um, And so the big twist this week is her therapist tells her... uh, to go to the place where she killed her ex-husband and make peace with it. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, my God. And it was the dumbest scene. It's just the therapist, like, they drive out together, and then she walks through the woods reliving her entire flight of terror where she outran her kidnapping abusive ex into the woods, relives him fighting, them fighting, and then... talks to the trees about how she forgives herself for surviving. It really turned her into a lifetime movie caricature this season. It's really bad, but I'm hoping this is like the end of it. Because I really want, I still, like my my North Pole on this show, my North Star is Chim's happiness. (laughs) So if they can just stop making her (laughs) exhausting and just let the two of them be happy, I'll be fine. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that that happened that was just like they're paying off things that no one cared about in the first place. And they're paying them off in really rote, quick, pathetic ways. I don't know. Meanwhile, I'm just like, give me more of the blue chick. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the baggage handler case, actually, that sounds like the first... That might be the first time you've talked about nine one one that I can I think I know what story they've based it on. 
Um, cause I remember seeing a video of viral video of like a baggage truck going crazy and somebody stopping it somehow. Oh, um, like That's it was on Twitter maybe six months ago, but yeah, I need to look it the, up and I'm assuming the, the blue skin thing is definitely real. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, normally, and that's, that's true. Cause a lot of their cases come from like, usually most of them are in the past year. So that makes a lot of sense, but, but I'm assuming they added on the, and then he got sucked into, into the Yeah, I don't, engine. I don't remember that part from the random video. I, I mean, I have to admit it was worth it for the one shot of like everyone, like a, the, you know, the first responders arrive, like Bobby's team arrives in front of the plane and you just mm-hmm. see the, the, the propellers and they're like kind of bent out of shape. And there's just this pair of legs sticking out of them. And then one of them starts twitching and you can tell everyone's like, how, <laughs> how is this happening? And as they're like undoing it all, they're like, there isn't a whole lot of blood. I'm not seeing any pieces. <laughs> um, yeah, when the show is good, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I was curious about uh, the ratings for 911. I mean, they're good. Yeah. And I've known that for a while, but like, I wanted to see the live plus 35 ratings. Dustin's favorite new number. Oh, that's yeah. right. Plus 35. So it's, it's about 16 million per episode viewers, which is about what Frasier was. Really? Yeah. So it's like. Really good ratings. And yet no one I talk to watches it. No, no. No, it's not that kind of show. But it, it is if that many people are watching it. Well, yeah, but it's like the opposite of Watchmen. Like, everybody you know watches Watchmen, but the ratings are like, I mean, it's seen about like 1.4 million. Is that the plus 35? Uh, no, they don't have that for HBO. I don't know what it is for. Yeah. But, like, the overnights are, like, you know, a million. Wow, that's it? Huh. Yeah. Well, you learn something new every day. <laughs> we're all a bunch of TV snobs. <laughs> yeah. That's really that's, the That's what we're learning is that we're all a bunch of TV snobs. But not me, because uh, you know what I watched what did this you past watch? week. Uh, Netflix's new holiday sitcom, Merry Happy Whatever. It's eight episodes... Uh, Brent, uh, Dennis Quaid is the gruff, uh, angry dad who, uh, his, uh, his daughter is bringing her boyfriend home for the holidays to visit. It's, uh, it, I, I was actually interested in it because there, there's something interesting about the binge model and like the, the streaming model where all the episodes come out at once and it, it kind of makes it feel like. You could do this kind of story because this this entire season, even though it's only eight episodes, only takes place over about a week. So it's basically their trip home for the holidays, um, and that feels like that would be really hard to do in like a weekly series because people would be um, I don't know it would, it would feel strange to be stuck at kind of like are one we event. still on Thursday? Right, right, right. Um, and usually when shows have tried that kind of thing, they'll they'll cut in. Uh, like flashbacks or flash forwards or things like that. Yeah. Um, to 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 you know make it so you're not just stuck at this one thing. Um, but uh, so I, I was kind of interested in it based on that, and also because the main couple is played by Bridget Mendler and Brent Morin, who were also a couple on Undateable, uh, a sitcom on NBC a few years ago. Wait, so undateable? in my head, was, this, uh... is, this is kind of the sequel to Undateable somehow. <laughs> 
Was uh, that a Bill Lawrence joint? That was a Bill Lawrence show, yes. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I watched it, and I watched the whole thing kind of in the background over the weekend, and it's a holiday movie just put into sitcom form. Like, everything everything that you can think of from, like, a meeting the parents or, like, a going home for the holidays movie that you'd want is probably there. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, you know, the the boyfriend and the dad don't get along, and there's a lot of family secrets being revealed. So in the extended family, one of them is uh, trying to come out of the closet. Another couple's having, like, uh, trouble conceiving, and uh, the main kind of A-story relationship goes through... Uh, you know, they have their ups and downs because, oh no, maybe, maybe this mean maybe their problems means that they don't get along and they should, you know, they should break up, but you know, they're not going to cause it's a holiday movie. So I really wish a holiday movie would just take that route. Like everyone finds happiness by just breaking up, <laughs> going their separate, <laughs> dropping all pretenses, going their separate ways. Yeah. Well, Ashley Tisdale is in it. Ashley Tisdale is also in it. Yes. As one of, as part of the. The main family um, and Hayes MacArthur, who pro- I, I I see I know who Hayes MacArthur is, and I see him. He must play an asshole boyfriend. Uh, Just based he on he does not. He actually plays what? a good. He's a he's a mostly good natured. Uh, he's the eldest son in oh. the, the family, and he's he's mostly good natured. But you know he's got some he's got his own issues that he's dealing with. But it's all it's all solved. You know. It, it's all wrapped up and everybody's okay by the end. Eight episodes um, later. <laughs> eight episodes later. Uh, Dennis Quaid learns to be a little more open and forgiving. Uh, I don't remember what Brent Moore's thing was. Oh, he like is not pursuing his music as hard as he should, and he, he learns to do that. Um, Are they half-hour or full-hour episodes? They're half-hour. It's, it's filmed as a multicam. Oh, and are those half-hours actually 22 minutes? Those no, are my they're favorite. probably like twenty four to twenty five, oh, yeah, the but best. they're not like thirty. Yeah, yeah, I like this. Yeah, um, it's very, it's it's easy to digest, which is why I watch the whole thing, um, or half watch the whole thing. But um, but yeah, like you could you could guess every, pretty much every turn, you will you will see coming, um, or be like, oh, this is what's going to happen, and you'll probably yeah. be right. But it's the sort of thing you watch in December, though. It is the sort of thing you watch in December, which it, it kind of feels like a show that they engineered, where they said, we want a holiday movie, but in sitcom yeah. form. And if that's what you want, then you'll be entertained. That's kind of... That it is not what I want, Dan. No, but, but that's their whole thing. They want, they're going a straight Hallmark channel. Like, they have their entire section of, you know, holiday programming is just let's do the Hallmark Channel, and this is like them doing it as a show. <laughs> Happy Mary Whatever. <laughs> it's appropriately titled. Or more like meh happy whatever, right? Right? You get it. You Correct. Right. That was a good joke. Uh, Dustin, <laughs> Dustin, you, you watch Mr. Robot, yes. which we don't, so... Uh... <laughs> what, is anybody like watching the... Mr. Robot anymore? No. Is it just me in the world? No. It might uh, just be actually, you. The ratings I think suggest like, as much. I think there are a few people uh, who, who still watch it, yeah. right? 
the overnight ratings at this point are 380,000 mm. uh, per episode. I mean, I'm sure it doubles or even triples in, in, live, in DVR, but still, 380,000. Um, it's really good this season. <laughs> <laughs> Last night was the ninth episode, which I thought was the uh, penultimate episode of the series, uh, because, and spoilers here, he, the thing that they've been trying to do all season long, which is to, like, foil White Rose's plan, they pulled off. And then I was like, and then almost everybody's dead at this point because it's, like, near the they, they uh, White Rose kills Price, and the plan sinks, and I don't know what's left. But there's four episodes left, so... We'll see. But it was a really exhilarating and very fun episode. And I love the sort of like um, hacker uh, plot lines because they can say and do anything. And you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep, yep. <laughs> Sounds cool. And they're just like, you know, typing away. But yeah, it's great. If you bailed on the show at any point, just come on back for season four. It's great. Really? You don't need to know the rest. <laughs> well, beyond... Well, you need to know season one, season one and season four. It was what happened was Sam Mismel, He made a feature film. They picked it up for a series. They ended up giving him four seasons. It, he doesn't have enough material for four seasons. He's got enough season, material for two seasons. So, like, the middle two seasons are just like filler. Okay, what's the whole thing? I thought he had like a, another voice in his head, or yeah. That's something that still hasn't come out yet, but apparently there is a third altar, and they've oh. been sort of dancing around that, and I thought, oh, we'll find the third altar in the finale, and that'll be the end of it. But four more episodes, so I have no idea what's going on. Hmm. Does They're the show make it. sense to you? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it didn't in season two, and I didn't care <laughs> in season three, and now it's they streamlined it, they simplified it, it's like... A revenge story. That's it. Okay. Must take down White Rose. And that is the whole impetus of the season. And so you said you said most of the people are dead at this point. Who, like, in the... If I could... I don't know if this... Yeah, whatever. Uh, who in the main cast is still alive? Elliot and Darlene. Because I know they killed, they killed his friend. Yes. Uh, and then Price and then Wellick is dead. Wellick uh, is actually dead now? So far, yeah, it looks like it. So it's basically Elliot, Darlene, and White Rose that's left. Oh, okay. What about um, uh, the the mm. FBI agent? Oh, yeah, she's still alive. Oh, okay. Maybe. Why is that a maybe? <laughs> <laughs> well, the last time we saw her, she had been shot, and she was bleeding out on the floor, but the ambulance was coming, and that was two episodes ago. But they didn't pick, go back to her in this episode. Hmm. So she, but she's probably alive. She's got a thing for Darlene, so they're probably going to end up together if they live. But this seems kind of like the show where like everybody's going to be dead in the end. <laughs> <laughs> this is also a show that hasn't, in terms of its uh, chronology, it hasn't covered very much ground, right? Like no. it's only like a few months or something like that. Yeah, it's. I I don't remember. Maybe it started in a September. It's at Christmas now. Okay. It's yeah, so it's year. only like maybe three months. Right. So wait, mm. 
if I'm understanding this correctly, Dustin, you're advocating that we reinvest in a show in its final season just in time to watch everyone on the show die. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> it's very good television. Yeah. I mean, I well, think I saw the first episode. <laughs> I'd have a, oh. I'd have a lot of catching up to do. You definitely, yeah, you definitely need to see the first season to understand what's going on. But yeah, the second and third season undoes the first season, basically. And then the fourth season redoes the first season. No, the fourth season's just like a different storyline altogether. Oh, okay. It's just a revenge story. It's like um, Sam Esmail's um, Tarantino film. <laughs> it's like Kill Bill with hacking. <laughs> Kill Bill with I mean, hacking. That actually, that right. sounds yes. great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that does actually sound pretty good. Well, you know what show doesn't need as much catching up? <laughs> and because we're all caught up, because this is a good segue. Mandalorian? Uh, it's Watchmen. No. It's Watchmen. Yes, well, Mandalorian, obviously, obviously but we're not... <laughs> Dustin, we chose not to speak about Mandalorian today because you just, you would not, you, you just would not behave in the yeah. pre-show. We're taking and that away. so you're in timeout. Yeah. Baby Yoda we, is we life. Refuse, uh, we refuse to let about Dustin what? break our hearts anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's like Alf. Oh my you? God, Dustin, How just stop you? talking. <laughs> You can't ruin this. You can try. All right. All right. There is nothing wrong with Alf. You know what? You're not allowed to talk about Mr. Robot also, anymore. Also, is that supposed to be an insult? I, no, no. I mean, if you I like do. Alf, you like Mandalorian. Oh, my God. Okay. All nothing. right. Watchmen. It's not a thing. God. Sweet <laughs> Watchmen. Uh, it was great. Um, Stuff, stuff happened. It, it was great. It was. Holy shit. Yeah. That twist. Yeah. So the... <laughs> no, oh, it, was, ahead, it was weird. <laughs> well, no, it was weird <laughs> because it was a twist, but it also was one where, like, it felt very projected. So, like, it was still satisfying to have yes. it happen, mm-hmm. but that's what's happened the whole season is everything you guess ahead of time, but it's right. still satisfying when you were right. Right. But nothing feels like it's come out of right. left field. Yes, but there's also stuff behind it. Yeah, you're waiting for the implications. Right. It's like... So, so that that actually that's an interesting question because there, there's a. It feels like there's a. It's more satisfying, at least so far, for us as viewers to see a show uh, that is, that is doing this pulling this trick where it's it's shocking us, but it's shocking us in a way that it feels um, satisfying and appropriate, um, versus a shock that comes out of complete left field and you're like, oh my god, what the hell was that? Um, right. Which probably works in the moment and for like a right. binge model, um, like the like you know when, when the yeah when you can binge a show and like the last five minutes is kind of the only part that matters because that's what propels you to watch the next episode. Um, so I I don't know I guess I'm just curious like is that it feels like it's more satisfying but do you think that that's going to remain the case like do you think we're going to continue to view it that way longer term I think so I I I, mm-hmm. I keep hedging on this because it's like you got the recency bias, but I mean, I right. really feel like this is like one of the best shows of the decade, like easily. 
But, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Maybe I won't feel that way next year. But, wow, it just feels like it. Yeah. It's certainly one of the more consistently and immediately satisfying episodic viewing experience. Because, like, there are a lot of shows that will have, like, an outstanding episode in a season. Mm-hmm. But this is a show where every, every week. single week you walk away and there's stuff that you just keep thinking about. And I and what worried me in the first few episodes was, you know, because I always have this question if a show, and especially if you, if you think it might be a limited series or something like that, like if it's going to stick the landing. And as right. we get closer to the end, I've found that I don't, and it's actually a wonderful thing when a show can convince me that like where it ends doesn't matter. Like, the journey actually is just the journey, and, like, I kind of, wherever it goes, I'm fine, because what happened every single yeah. episode along the way was satisfying. Uh-huh. I don't That's know, I don't, there is no single already. thing that I want it to do. And yet, it will still blow you away, a bit. Yeah. So, here's my thing. So, we know, so what we know at this point, uh, we know who Hooded Justice originally was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We know who Dr. Manhattan theoretically has been masquerading as, whether he's, whether there are other Dr. Manhattans around or something, it seems like there might still be a question mark. Um, So what are our questions that are left? We've got Dr. True with her millennium clock or whatever. Yeah, we still don't know what the clock does or what her plan is, other than to stop the... 7th Cavalry. To save the world. Yeah, and the 7th right. Cavalry's plan is to turn Senator Keene into a new Dr. Manhattan. Right. So that's their plan, and mm-hmm. they're totally white supremacists. Uh, um, <laughs> we also learned that, that uh, Judd's wife, whose name I'm forgetting, oh, yeah. unfortunately, uh, but that she was also in on it, and she's been bad the whole time. Yep, she, she definitely knew. Uh, we learned mm. that Jean Smart looks incredible in aviator sunglasses. <laughs> and honestly, if they could cast her in the Top Gun sequel, I would be fine, because she looks... Those aviators were amazing. I, I Oh, she'd be great in top. Like game. I just want her to wear sunglasses with those cheekbones. As an aside, <laughs> but the, the whole time, whenever she wears sunglasses, I'm like, damn, I want you piloting a plane. <laughs> like I just I want Jean Smart and everything. Uh yeah, I feel like next week is just gonna, you know, we're gonna get the backstory on Abar and uh And Cal. Dr. Manhattan, and then it's mm-hmm. gonna move it toward the end game in the finale. Right. Um so we don't know what happened to uh to Will. Uh, looking Glass, yet. And I mean, we don't we, know what happened to Will Reed. Yeah, we don't know what happened to Will because there was an elephant. Yeah, right. And we, we don't, and know, we what don't know what happened. Yeah, so Looking Glass killed all those 7th Cavalry guys and he's gone. Um, right. Yeah, so there are a lot of dangling threads, sort of, but none of them feel the, like showstoppers. There's no single question that's right. like... The only thing I keep coming back to is like... I guess it's it's how all of the Adrian Vite stuff is going to connect back in because we just found out he's been on trial for a year, so the the sense of right. time for his storyline versus the main storyline is all out of whack. And there was a there was a I, I don't remember where I read this, but I, I remember reading a someone's recap of this past episode that they were talking about how um, the 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 way that they've the way that the language is used in uh, invites segments is that each each time we're seeing him, it's a year later, because 
they give him the cake. So the cake is actually a year. It's not like every day. Right. Oh. right. Um, and in the fourth episode, he says, I've been here four years. Um, and then this one, they say very clearly, it's been a year in this trial. Right. Um, so so right. I guess that the, all those hints basically laying out that at, up to this point, we've seen him in capti- captivity for at least seven years. He dissipated in 2012, so that would have been him in the present day. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And that would mean he's going to be the person that Lady True brings back, who's right. going to be her father. So the clock is, you think the clock yeah. is some device to bring him back and that he's her dad? That seems the obvious thing, and it's sort of been playing like that, but I think there's mm-hmm. probably going to be something much bigger about it that's going to be surprising. I don't know. But the comedian still hasn't been... hasn't factored in, and you figure he's got to. So he might be the father, too. Well, yeah. So the th- the three theories that I uh, that have kicked around are that, yeah, Lady True's... Uh, Dr. True's father would be either Vite, Dr. Manhattan, which would be more of a left, like, kind of out of left field twist. Um, But she is building a clock, and he's the watchmaker. Um, And he he certainly seems to get around. Um, (laughs) And then Anne the Comedian. Um, I think the question is, with the Comedian, is there any value in bringing him back into the story in any way when you've already kind of buttoned that up by having Laurie take his last name? Mm Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like he's been introduced and discarded very neatly with her character. Right. Um, whereas I, I the other no two are more, more present in the story. Well, also, I know that Lindelof may or may not do a second season, but I hope he keeps that night owl sort of open, that sort of storyline. Yeah, definitely. In case he wants to do a second season. Yeah. But yeah, I have no idea where this is all going to go. No. And that's okay. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> you were fine with it. Yeah. Oh, I do have one last burning question. Uh, I want to know who the, the I've been calling him Slip and Slide guy, but oh, someone Mr. else Lube. Lube Man. Yeah, and Lube that's guy. probably more accurate. Yeah, who's Lube Guy? I mean, I know, uh, I don't everyone, know. everyone assumes that it's probably Petey, but I still want to know. Oh. Yeah, it has to I be. want confirmation. Because what the hell was he doing? I don't understand what he was doing. It doesn't make any sense. He was just <laughs> spying. And then he disappeared. And that's it. My, my favorite thing about that reveal, though, you know, aside from the Excalibur dildo being Cal Abar. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> the fact that he used that and worked, he, like, named the dildo Excalibur. Then he decided, I'm going to name Dr. Manhattan's character Cal Abar. And then I'm going to name his wife, Angela Abar. Wait, is that confirmed or is that your theory? Well, I, I mean, it's confirmed that it's, I mean. Right, I, I, I mean, like, the, the order of operations is that. I mean, I don't know how else you would do that. You wouldn't call her Angela Abar and then come up with Excalibur. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. You had to work backwards from the dildo. The dildo was the source <laughs> All guys think that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> honestly, the, yeah, the real burning question by the end of the series is, are we going to get more of it? Like, where's the suitcase? Oh, more of the dildo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Of course. <laughs> of course. I don't know. Um, so oh. if, if the if the show was canceled, do you think that uh, fans would send blue dildos to HBO in protest? <laughs> no, no. I would are very expensive. <laughs> Here's the thing. I would bet before fans could even do that themselves, HBO would be selling blue dildos on their online store. <laughs> you could buy your own Watchmen branded dong and mail it after you've given them your money. Oh, that's brilliant. That's a, that's a real. That that's kind of actually evil. That that feels. That's how wrong, capitalism but... works. That's true. Um, also, speaking of how capitalism works, this ooh. all ties into the game that I've asked, that I've designed this week. Well, not designed. It's just I'm asking you questions. It's not hard. <laughs> you say that. Um, it's a monopoly. But no. So so the reason why I asked that uh, that very there clever dildo question is because uh, I <laughs> I've been following. Uh, it, both of you know that I love Lodge Forty Nine. Um, and the, the fans of Lodge 49 have been trying to, trying to do a, uh, save our show campaign, mostly on Twitter. Um, but that got me thinking about all six uh, of other, you. other shows that, uh, that ran, you know, save our show campaigns and, uh, and creative oh. ways that they tried yes. to get their message out. So, uh, for today's game, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you the method and yes. the, it's usually something that they sent the studio or the network, um, and you have to guess the show. All right, this is a good um, game. Dustin, and Dustin's it's a, gonna win. I don't have that many of these, so it's first to three. Okay, all right, all right. but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So, all right. Uh, so the first one, this show, uh, after being canceled in uh, in its first season, uh, the fans of it decided to send peanuts to the network and ended up sending. 40,000 pounds of nuts to uh, CBS. Peanuts. And I knew CBS. it was peanut. I knew you were going to ask the peanut one, and I'm blanking on what the actual show was. <laughs> it was based on... Uh, the reason why they sent nuts is because the final line of the first season, spoken by the lead character, was nuts. And so that that's where the idea came from. Nuts. MacGyver? It was in 2007. It was not MacGyver. No. It was 2007 <laughs> on CBS. Jesus. On CBS? Seven. Skeet Ulrich was the lead. Oh, oh, oh what was that show? Oh, uh, oh um, no, it was like it, Apocalypse Town. Jericho. Oh, God Jericho damn it. is right. <laughs> damn. I have never seen that show, and I don't actually know why I said Apocalypse. I feel like the key art was like fiery. No, it was a small town in Kansas uh, dealing with fire? the aftermath of like, no, that was like a nuclear fallout. And okay. So, so it was like them trying to rebuild, but it's them in this small town. Awesome. Um, so congratulations, Tori. You got that after a couple of extra hints, but that's okay. <laughs> I never it. would have pulled that out of my ass. Uh, okay. <laughs> this show, uh, this was, I believe, after their second season. Um, it was on the bubble. They didn't know if they were going to get picked up. Um, they came up with a couple different methods to uh, get the network's attention. One was they said uh, they, they sent light bulbs. Uh, they also sent bottles of eye drops, uh, a specific brand of eye drops, perhaps. Visine. Uh, <laughs> uh, I believe it was Clear Eyes brand. Oh, Friday oh. Night Lights. Friday Night Lights is correct. <laughs> Dustin gets it. 
the light bulbs because Friday Night Lights. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, there were complex financial decisions, including getting DirecTV involved to co-produce. But, you know, the show ended up going for three more years. So it worked. It's a very weird thing that people send things besides letters. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. There, there were a lot of uh, back back in the day. It was all letter writing campaigns, and then people um, decided to mail things. So. Do you, did it ever really work? Because like sending peanuts doesn't mean that more people are watching, right? Yeah, I guess it gets their attention. And Friday Night Lights. I mean, it's an inconvenience. Know. Suddenly, they getting a bunch of light bulbs. <laughs> I mean, it's like breakable glass. I'm sure. I'm sure it's just it's a. Uh, it at least shows a certain segment. Maybe it gets them to look at the numbers again and see if they can yeah, make a it level work. of commitment. These people, um, if they're willing to go the extra mile to purchase and mail things, they'll at least tell their friends. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. This next show, uh, it was on the bubble, uh, like, like Friday Night Lights, it was on the bubble after season two. Uh, and so fans decided after a, uh, after, the the sandwich shop subway was featured in the Community. show. They began go no incorrect. They oh. began going to subway and claiming that they were sent by the show. Uh, the show ended up uh, buying a sponsorship deal in the next season. And it's not community. It ran, I believe, for five seasons in total. Chuck. Chuck is correct. <laughs> Wow. It was Chuck. Yeah, what? after season two, uh, it was on the bubble, and yeah, somehow yeah. they got... I think Subway was in, like, one episode, and then they no, no, got yeah, it yeah, involved, yeah. and everyone um, started Yvonne buying. So that's Sh- the thing that actually Hofsky. Community was making fun of when oh. they did their Subway thing. They're making fun very specifically of Chuck. Yvonne uh, Surahovsky ended up working at a Subway, weirdly, on Wait, what? Chuck. The FBI agent... And Chuck. Oh, is that how it got in the show? Yeah, she was like working undercover <laughs> as a subway sandwich artist briefly. <laughs> All right, Dustin's up two to one. Uh, one more will win it, but uh, we'll see what happens. Um, okay, so this next show, uh, it was fans actually didn't have time to send anything because after the show was canceled, there was a huge online outcry on Twitter. Uh, a lot of celebrities. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Brooklyn Nine Nine is correct. <laughs> uh, Tori. <laughs> Tori, that was for you. I was wait. I was gonna say selfie. You were what? <laughs> I was gonna say selfie. I was waiting wow. for you to get to selfie. Selfie didn't get picked up. I was waiting well, for you. No, to No, but say there could still be an outcry. What you didn't the, say uh, it had to work. What was the, that's true. What was the, uh, what did the fans do for selfie? I don't remember. I don't know. I assumed they would use a hashtag about selfie. I don't know. Take a selfie. John Cho's hot. I don't know. That's true. I was waiting for you to do my favorite one, which was waffles. Uh, what was waffles? I I don't have that on my list. Ed. Oh. (laughs) Uh, That one did not come up on my, on my, no. That, my, Extensive research. Does that one predate uh, what we're considering as actual campaigns? No, because there were there were a lot of letter writing campaigns for like uh, designing women, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cagney and Lacey. Oh wow! Uh, Star Trek got another season because of a, a letter writing campaign, supposedly. So, 
Um, the other ones that I had on my list were uh, Roswell, uh, the original Roswell, fans sent Tabasco sauce to the WB. Uh, never would have got uh, that. I was never going to get any of these. Uh, <laughs> Arrested Development, people sent fake bananas. Uh, the Expanse, there was a huge online campaign, including um, people sending emails directly to Jeff Bezos, including George R.R. R. Martin, apparently. Um, <laughs> and that worked. It's coming back this month. So, so you know, show... show uh, Fan campaigns, I don't know if they work, but they definitely, they bring attention to it at least and show that people care. Um, and, and basically what I'm saying is uh, hashtag save Lodge 49. Uh, but Dustin's won the game. And by so, cheating. By cheating, once again, because hashtag Dustin cheats. But, <laughs> I like cheat. Uh, despite that, uh, we're going we're gonna to count it. And so Dustin gets to uh, rant or choose who rants. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, Tori to rant because she has something prepared, I think, for... <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. Um, so I didn't do my Castle Rock update, uh, but I'm going to roll it into a rant real fast because it all kind of... It all rolls together. So here it is. Uh, Annie is not the vessel. Joy is. That was the reveal last week, and it's really dumb because it all hinges on the fact that Joy draws... Her, she's like an artist, and she draws just like Amity, the like dead woman from the dead prophet from 400 years ago that they want to shove into Annie Wilkes's body. The reason they wanted to give it to Annie Wilkes was that she opened up the hole that opened up the crypt and kickstarted this whole everyone in town is becoming taken over by 400 year old dead people. All of a sudden, uh, Ace takes a look at a drawing from Joy and goes, "Oops, I was wrong. Joy's supposed to be the vessel." Now, that wouldn't be absurd except for the fact that for the past few episodes, there has been a woman in Marston House drawing (laughs) giant murals all over the walls, just like that dead woman Amity did. It's a character named Heather. She's, you kind of like, she's very minor, but you, you see her drawing she literally draws just like the dead woman (laughs) and yet she's not the vessel they keep going back and forth between annie and joy and like if they had made it about any other reason but the drawings maybe i could Mm. believe it because it's a nice twist like oh actually it's the little girl like you know and it's it's elsie fisher you get into it but because they make it about the drawings and they make a point of showing close-ups of, of Joy's drawings and they don't look anything like what Amity did. Meanwhile, they're showing them in a room covered by pictures that are identical to what Amity did in the past. And anyway... Um, Hashtag I, all vessels matter. All vessels matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I have to say, I don't know what any of that meant, but uh, I'm excited s- to find sort out. sort of get it, because when they was like, Joy instead of um, Annie, I was like, oh, yeah, you got her, because if any something happens to her, then they can't make misery. I don't think they can make misery at this point. They're so off the map of any... I don't know. I don't, right. Also, can I ask you a question? Since you watched this episode, is Annie crazy, or is she actually possessed by her dead mother? Oh, I was thinking about this because the whole time she's like on all these antipsychotic drugs and I kind of assumed she was schizophrenic because she's hearing voices. And then they reveal that she's like hearing her dead mother. And I'm like, well, maybe she's literally haunted. I mean, Calamity Jane will do that. (laughs) I don't know. I just assumed the pills, man. 
Yeah, it's the pills. Um, but yeah, that was a big, like, that was literally, like, the entire, last week's episode was, like, not that great, and all that happened was that they just kind of go, oh, actually, maybe it's Joy, and then, like, a chase ensues. It was also, like, super short, like, 38 minutes. They were like, it's the Thanksgiving week. Well, no yeah. one cares. We <laughs> just, right. yeah, we need, like, the filler episode where we move a few chess pieces. The only thing that, like, was nice that they verified was that they hadn't killed Nadia. I guess. Because I bet they they left her fate hanging for a few episodes. So they're like, oh, by the way, the doctor isn't dead yet. Well, I appreciate that they do, you know, that during Thanksgiving week they have meaningless uh, episodes like on The Mandalorian this week. Oh, my God, Dustin. (laughs) How dare you? How dare you? It was the the Gina Carano episode. It wasn't meaningless. So so do you you hate, uh, what I'm getting from this is that you hate women. Because Gina Carano was heavily featured. <laughs> what? Uh, oh my it, gosh. Bryce Dallas Howard directed the episode, so clearly, uh-huh. and the the the, yeah. uh, the 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 villagers were led by by uh, by a woman, by the widow, and so so that's the thing. You don't like babies because Baby <laughs> yeah. Yoda was amazing. Baby Yoda was yeah, mul- in multiple scenes, incredible. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, you don't like Asians because Eugene Cordero, oh, uh, a.k.a. Pillboy, was in the episode. Yeah, uh, We found and, Pillboy's uh, good place. It's just a yeah. fucking space village with blue shrimp. <laughs> so we learned a lot about you, Dustin, just now, uh, just in that moment. So thanks, thanks for that. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> Dustin is joyless. <laughs> don't listen to Dustin. The Mandalorian is amazing. Uh, thanks. That's the episode for this week. Thanks to Tori and Dustin for joining me, uh, as always. And um, I don't know. We'll we'll try better next time. I I, I don't know why I said that. But I think <laughs> oh my god, um. Dan, have some have some confidence. You did a really good job. Thank you for leading this podcast. I don't I don't know that I did. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling out of sorts. It's been it's look we're it's we're recording I think the day that after beer was really old. <laughs> Look, the beer was really old, but that's not the problem. We, we're coming off the Thanksgiving weekend. Sure. Everyone's we all had a few days off, and there wasn't that much TV, um, which is why I watched all of Merry Happy Whatever. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but you know, there's going to be lots more never-ending content next week, so we'll be back to talk about it. But um, just you should just buck up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, straighten your shoulders, lift your chin. You did a really good job. It's not that bad. Oh God! Now I have to cut all of this because it's making me sound like you guys are making me feel worse by, by trying to buck me up. No, let me wallow. But let also, me wallow in my sad beard. But why? Why can't you lace up? We can shoulder some of the burden. We're yeah. not blameless. Try. We're here too. We're partners. In fact, most of this is Dustin's fault. Exactly. I said we would He's try the vice next week. So it's not like I said I was trying better next week. Oh well, I mean well, I'm I don't. Not Try any harder next week. Yeah, I know. Don't put words in my mouth. I didn't agree to anything. Fair enough. I'll be here. Um, Thanks. thanks. Bye, everybody. Bye. Clear eyes, full heart. (laughs) Mandalorian.